Welcome to the Freelance Ads Club podcast with me, your host, Aggie Maroney. Whether you're a seasoned freelance ads manager or just thinking about taking the leap into self-employment, this podcast is for you. Every week, I'll be releasing a bite-sized episode. I'll be sharing mistakes I've made and lessons I've learned from my own freelance business. I'll be showcasing some of the amazingly talented freelancers in the Freelance Ads Club. And I also will be speaking to some incredible guests who will generously be sharing their knowledge with us to help us keep updated with industry trends. And I really hope that after listening to this podcast, you'll come away full of confidence on how to win great clients, how to charge correctly, and most importantly, retain those dream clients so that you build a successful and sustainable business. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Freelance Ads Club podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about white labelling for agencies. Now, in the Freelance Ads Club, we do have agencies um, approach us uh, with opportunities looking for talent. And not all ads managers have white labelled for agencies before, or they've heard some dubious things, or they've had negative experiences So I wanted to record this episode to give my experience of what it's been like white labelling for agencies and also some experiences I've managed to avoid and how I've managed to do that as well. So hopefully if you're an ads manager who maybe hasn't uh, freelanced or white labelled for an agency before or has had a negative experience you'll find this episode useful. So first of all, what do I mean by white labelling? This will be when an agency has an opportunity, maybe they've won a big project, maybe one of their staff is unwell, maybe a member of staff has suddenly left and they have a gap in the resources they have in-house to support client work. So they will look to freelancers and contractors to support them And that can be for an ongoing basis or it can be a finite timescale. So they might say, we need you for three months or we need you, you know, to cover a maternity leave. Or we just need you to support us while we hire a full time member of staff. There'll also be occasions where they might be an agency that specialises in something other than ads management. It can even be a Google Ads agency that needs to support Facebook ads and they don't have a Facebook ads manager in-house, in which case you may be on a rolling retainer every month to support them with that specific client. So the first thing I would say is no agency is the same, no contract is the same, no opportunity is the same. For me personally, I don't white label that often worked or contracted for four agencies in the past most of my work even though I'm a Facebook ad specialist and that's what I promote myself as on my social media most of my white labeling is actually for LinkedIn ads for corporate clients and I enjoy the work I enjoy running LinkedIn ads but it can confuse my messaging and my own self-promotion my own marketing if I actually incorporate that in my messaging So I keep my direct work with Facebook ads and all my LinkedIn ads work is white labelled. 
I have worked directly with one client before on LinkedIn ads, um, but it's just been more word of mouth through agencies that I've supported them with their LinkedIn ads work. So I'm going to talk about niching and messaging in another episode, and I'm not an expert on it by any means, but I'll be sharing what my views are on it from my experience and what I see in others. But today we're going to focus on the white labelling aspect. So just based on my experience... I'm very selective on who I work with when I take on agency contracts. The um, sort of criteria I have for myself is I like to work with bigger agencies because I know that the budgets I'll be managing are bigger and I like to have that variety in my work and I like that experience. Also, if I ever take on Facebook ads work, it has to be with an agency that's specialised in that um, and that's because I've become part of a team we always have discussions about ads in that team and I like that variety, hearing different views and looking in other accounts and seeing other strategies agencies are using and also they benefit from my experience having had overview of different ad accounts and different business models as well. So it's a really good mutual, um, mutually beneficial relationship. Another benefit, I guess, of working with agencies is, and this varies as well by contracts, some agencies will want you to have the client relationship and others will maintain the client relationship and you will do the implementation of the strategy within the account. For many who aren't comfortable selling themselves or are just really tired with having to market themselves all the time, white labelling can actually be a nice respite from having to do that because you don't do the selling. You are just within the team. Well, I say just within the team. You know, you can focus on what your specialism is and that's managing ads. I have worked with an agency where I have also done the client management side and I was working as part of their team for about five months. That was also a really great learning experience. I personally... I'm a very anxious person and it can be quite stressful managing client accounts sometimes and I take everything very personally and if there's a bad day or a bad week I get very stressed and lose sleep over it. So working with agencies it kind of helped me see how they handle those situations and that there's a level of distance between like they really care about their clients but they don't take it on personally as much So that was a good lesson for me personally, just seeing that, how that worked. I guess if you're part of a team at an agency, you do have more kind of more protection in that sense because it's more of a team um, accountability when you're a freelancer, it's all on you. So that can be quite stressful. I would say that the reason I don't work or don't white label for smaller agencies and this is purely my experience I'm not saying this is the case with all smaller agencies but they usually have smaller um, accounts they manage smaller accounts and sometimes they can be smaller than ones that I manage directly so the fee that they've agreed with their client it doesn't really leave much margin for the fee they're paying their freelancer so for me, it doesn't work out financially to support them in their, with their smaller accounts. But again, this is completely like this doesn't have to be the case. One thing I've noticed is agencies that don't specialise in ads 
but their client has asked for an additional additional ad support to complement the service this agency is providing. So, for example, they could be a branding agency and then the client said, oh, can you manage my Facebook ads? They say yes and then they outsource it to you as an ads manager. The thing I've noticed is the agencies won't necessarily appreciate the workload involved of managing ads and therefore they don't price their service accordingly. And this can be quite an awkward conversation because you'll have a start conversation with them and say, yeah, these are my rates, this is my fee. And they go, no, that's not, that's not going to work for us. So I just don't have those conversations anymore. Um, I just, I just avoid them. Um, but obviously it's a case by case basis. I wouldn't say don't have conversations with small agencies to white label with them. And sometimes if you have like a bigger agency that, you know, say for example, a bigger branding agency who's got big clients, I'm sure it'd be very lucrative, um, to support them with the ads and they would have a steady stream of clients for you if you're able to show a good track record with them. Um, because everyone's winning, everyone's getting good results. One thing I would say is maybe a pro and a con. So I said about no client management if you're um, white labelling in some cases. I have to say when I was freelancing for an agency where I had client management, I think I was overseeing five ad accounts or five client accounts at the time. And there were some tricky characters amongst those clients and it really made me realise that the beauty of being a freelancer is you really have autonomy and control over who you work with. And that kind of made me realise that I actually want to work mainly with my own direct clients because I, I like working with nice people. Um, so, yeah, that's just a personal thing for me that I discovered. This is no reflection on the agency at all they were all really supportive of me and I wasn't kind of thrown to the wolves. Um, it's just, they were very tricky people to work with, like the client. So that kind of made me appreciate that I can terminate contracts if things stop working for both parties um, or I have control at that first discovery call stage if those red flags are flying not to work with th that business. Um, I kind of touched on this a bit as well. So depending on what agency you work with, it will depend, you know, there'll be different structures and different specialisms within that agency. So if you work as part of a specialist team, for example, if you join a big paid media team uh, who have lots of clients and you're helping them build their campaigns and reporting and all that kind of thing, um, you might have a very specific task within that team that you have to do so maybe you're doing reporting maybe you're doing account builds maybe you're switching out creatives because usually bigger teams will have someone leading on strategy they probably have outsourced a copywriter and they definitely will have a, a creative team supporting them so you probably won't be doing as much of the creative element that I personally enjoy but you do have that camaraderie in the team and you're discussing campaigns together which is quite nice in other situations oh sorry if you're in a bigger agency you might also get allocated certain accounts in which case you're in control of those or accountable for those accounts so there's two kind of models that I've I've seen if you are being brought in as the paid media specialist for an agency 
there, there is a challenge with that because you not only have to educate the people, the agency that you're white labeling for about what you need and what they need to communicate back to their client, which can be quite time consuming. Um, but you don't really have anyone to bounce ideas off, which I guess isn't a big, big, big deal for a freelancer because we're used to that. But that might be important to you if, if you want to white label. Another thing to be aware of if you're white labeling is agencies usually pay in arrears. So I personally, in my freelance business, take payment up front for the month and I also charge a separate setup fee when I work directly with clients. If you're working for an agency, they will have different payment terms, which I have been able to negotiate in the past. So I would definitely bring that up if, if, if it's an issue for you and your cash flow. But it's always been in arrears. So one agency, they pay me 14 days after month end. Another agency pay me seven days after month end. And that's that works for me. So both parties are happy. Also, and this is probably a controversial thing to say because I've heard other people advise against this, but just be aware that if you're not doing any client management, they the agency will negotiate your rate down because that is an element of work that you're not going to be doing for them. Someone else is doing it for them. I know that some business mentors say your price is your price, but your price is the price for what service you which service you provide. So that's just something to be aware of. Also, agencies like to work on a day rate just because they can keep track of what their costs are going to be. So I have time tracked for an agency before and it was a pain in the bum. <laughs> and I really try and avoid having that set up again because it really takes up time to track your time, especially if you're not used to it, you forget and then you have to try and remember what you did for the whole day. So usually um, now I try and estimate how much time or how many days I will be needing to manage an account. So for example, I, I quoted, um, I think it was last month, for five, uh, five days of work for um, a media spend of 20k or 25k a month. So, and then you, they will maybe say, well, actually, we've got it all set up. So we only think it's going to take you four, you know, we're happy to pay for four days. And then that's when you can negotiate what you're, what you think it will be. And that kind of works well if you say that four or five days or whatever, two days, three days, however much you think it's going to be, because the agency know that that is your rate for the month um, and that it helps them with their accounting. And you also know that I'm definitely getting that amount when I get paid. So that's the kind of hybrid model I've started working with when I work with agencies and it seems to work quite well. What else have I put on here? So another thing that, comes to mind is sometimes when you're a freelancer you don't well you don't need to be involved in any office politics and things like that which is a relief and why a lot of people are freelance however when you start working for a agency white labeling you may be you know my sense that there is something going on and that there are some politics going on but because you're not involved, you don't really know where the fires are. So sometimes there can be miscommunications and things like that. So that's just something to be aware of as well. I'd say something that I've got better at as well is every agency uses different technology to keep track of their workload, to communicate with each other. 
So, and some agencies are really good at explaining what they need and how it works and what all the setups are and when you need to be um, ticking things off your list. And it all sound probably sounds obvious if you've worked in house, but it was a bit of a shock to me the first time because I'd never used all the software like ClickUp. I'm pretty good on Slack now, as you know, we've got a Slack channel uh, for the Freelance Ads Club. But all these things I had to learn for the first time when I started working uh, white labelling for an agency. So I wouldn't let the technology put you off, but it it can be a bit of a learning curve if you've not used it before. Um, I'd say my biggest tip, though, when you work at an agency is just to be really obvious in communication. So... If you're only contracted for a couple of days a month or whatever, be really clear that you're not available all the time because it's quite easy to suddenly get Slack messages 24-7 because you're just, you know, could you just, could you just. So if you know that you're not going to be available because you're on another project or you've got a commitment to another client, just say, I won't be available these days these this week. Um, but... You know, if they're only paying you for a couple of days a month, that shouldn't be a problem. It's just more to help them manage when they delegate things to you so that everyone's happy. Um, I think communication is honestly the biggest thing when you when you white label with an agency because we always do it remotely. I've never actually gone into an office when I've white labeled. So just people being aware when you are available, when you're not confirming when your deliverables are due. So when does this need to go live? When do I need to reply to that email? When When is the creative going to be ready for me? So you can plan your time as well. But yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed personally the teams I've worked with. I've always been treated with respect. I've always been paid fairly and on time, which I know isn't always the case. Um, and I've I've built my network up quite nicely because of the, the white labelling I've done at agencies. So I would recommend white labeling for agencies if you want to broaden your experience with different accounts grow your network and I would say that agencies can get a bit of a bad reputation for exploitation when it comes to white labeling but that's partly down to you doing your due diligence as well so if you get a bad feeling about working with someone just don't take the contract but that those are my nuggets about white labeling for an agency if you have found this useful or you think you, there's an, an ads manager you know that would find this useful and they're not sure about white labeling then obviously share this episode with them feel free to follow and subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss any other updates and if you're an ads manager and you are missing out on having a squad and a community around you then take a look at the show notes there's a link there for you to apply to join our slack community And if you're an agency needing some freelancers to white label for you to help support you with the client project you've just won, then there's an application form for you there as well. So until next time, see ya.